our staff is ready when you are. All right, thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. The City of Sacramento's Budget and Audit Committee will come to order. Would the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Councilmember Gatta. Here. Councilmember Jennings. Here. Councilmember Vang. Here. And Mayor Steinberg. <laughs> I am here. Um, would everyone uh, please rise? I would like to do, I will do the land acknowledgement and the Pledge of Allegiance, if that's okay today. Let us begin. Please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanan people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains Miwok, the Patuit Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. And please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, everyone, and good afternoon. Today, members, we have a consent calendar. We have uh, the Measure You Advisory uh, Committee presenting uh, again, and then we have uh, the, the uh, proposed adoption of the fiscal year budget recommendation, I should say, to uh, the full city council. So today, obviously, won't be any final uh, decisions. Let us begin with the consent calendar. Is there any item on the consent calendar that members would like to uh, uh, have heard separately or have any questions on? Seeing, uh, is that you, Councilmember Guetta? Yeah, Mr. Mayor, I will just uh, move the consent calendar. Okay, thank you very much. It's been moved. Is there a second? Maybe Councilmember Jennings, you good on that? There is a second, Mayor. Thank you, sir. Is there public testimony? Yes, Mary, I have one hand raised to make testimony. The phone number okay. is 4366. Go ahead, Mr. Davis. Yes, number three on the consent calendar, I would like to find out how do we receive a copy of the city audit, auditor's report on the third quarter fiscal 2021-22. How do we receive a copy of that? Um, can we get Mr. Lambert, send him a copy of what he's requesting? Yes, I can do that. Okay, thank you, Madam Clerk. Very good. Let's call the roll on the consent calendar, please. Councilmember Guetta? Aye. Councilmember Jennings? Aye. Councilmember Vang? Yes. And Mayor Steinberg? Yes. All right, the consent calendar passes. Now we go back uh, to item six, which is the Measure U uh, Advisory Committee recommendations. I Maybe someone can explain to me the context. We always want to hear from our Measure U Committee. Um, I do know that uh, they testified, uh, their leaders testified at both the Budget and Audit Committee and the full city council. Is, is today's presentation um, something different? Uh, yes, Mayor. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Cofer, welcome. 
Thank you. Um, we wanted to just come back and really uh, discuss the 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 a recommendation that we made, especially regarding participatory budgeting, and also to provide this body with an update on where we are with the pilot. That was one of the things that had been previously right. requested. So we do have an updated letter. Most of what we've already presented is in there, so I won't take time to go over that. I just wanted to talk mostly today about participatory budgeting. Go ahead, please. Okay. Thank you so much. I will share my screen. Let me just this in presenter mode. Okay. Yeah, I think we are. Oops. Too many screens open. My apologies. Okay. Okay. Uh, good afternoon. Again, my name is Flo Jean Cofer, and I have the privilege of serving as the chair of the Measure U Community Advisory Committee. I have the, also had the privilege and honor of presenting to you before our recommendations for the fiscal year 22-23 year. And I just wanted to make sure that um, I showed this slide again, which highlights what is included in the letter that is included in your agenda today. Um, there are two places where we made very specific recommendations for dollar amounts, and the one I want to focus on today is the $5.5 million for our participatory budgeting with recognition that the small business support that we have outlined um, is, is fairly well detailed in our letter, but there are some additional uh, details that we wanted to share about participatory budgeting since that is um, the project that our committee has been overseeing as part of our ad hoc committees. So just as a reminder, um, participatory budgeting is the process by which an, an allocation is made by the council to commit to ideas that are provided by the community. And so the process works by there's a design, the designing of the process, which our committee took um, part in with the participatory budgeting project. And then there is the brainstorming of ideas through the community. Um, and then we develop proposals based on those ideas that come in and actually add dollar amounts to them. And then the community members in those particular areas have an opportunity to vote on the proposals that will most that will best serve the community's needs or that are top priorities. And then based on the allocation that's already been provided by the council, those projects that went out will be funded. And so we wanted to provide you an update because we are asking for additional funding for this. Thus far in the pilot, this is the first year that Sacramento has participated in this. And we have had 383 ideas submitted through the digital form and at least a, a, more than 100 ideas that have submitted through paper forms that the staff are currently manually entering into the spreadsheet. Um, so overall, I think it's pretty safe to say we have more than 500 ideas. Um, and in terms of some of the lessons that we've learned at this point, um, the first is that we really need some deeper city staff engagement. Um, we do have our community partners and they are doing a really great job. Um, but as this is, is really a project that the city is committed to, um, we need involvement from the community engagement and outreach staff to ensure that participatory budgeting is aligned with our existing outreach strategies. So we don't want to be duplicating efforts here. We want to make sure we're working um, as efficiently and effectively as possible. Um, and we also, you know, we, we currently have this um, committee and consultant-led process, which is unusual compared to other participatory budgeting implementations where the city is leading the process. So it's one of the things that we wanted to bring up as, as distinct from other places that we may be compared to um, in terms of how we've gone about this. The second is, you know, we, we did this pilot and we really wanted to see how this was going to work and what we could learn from it. Um, and so 
in, in the future, I think it'll be really helpful for us to set a goal for the number of ideas of ideas collected and the number of outreach events um, in specific neighborhoods and groups reached, et cetera. Because while we weren't sure going into this, what would be possible, now that we do have a sense, we think it's important to benchmark so we can make sure that we are actually achieving our goals. Could we have gotten, you know, more? Um, have we overshot, you know, and, and overperformed on what was possible? We're not really sure because we didn't um, set some initial outreach goals. And so that'd be helpful for next time. And then um, a lot of the onboarding, right, of our CBOs and our mini grantees and our part-time staff occurred after the launch. And so in the future, we'd like to do a better job of pre-launch planning and prep um, so that we would have all the infrastructure in place before we, um, we launch. But to date, based on our collection activity track, our idea collection activity tracker, um, we have over 30 events that have taken place in the city over the course of um, the, the four to six weeks um, where we've been collecting ideas today it's actually the last day for the idea collection phase. Um, and we're really excited about taking those ideas and moving them um, to the next phase. So overall, things have gone fairly well with the pilot. Um, but, you know, we, we really want this pilot to be successful and we want this to be something that we continue to do. And I know, Mayor, you have um, said before that you think this is a process that we could apply to the entire budget. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're applying those lessons. And so just so you're aware of where we are right now, um, we, we are, you know, finalizing the brainstorming of ideas. We also have received 60 applications from community members to, to serve as our proposal delegates. Um, and so we're currently confirming their participation and onboarding them. And there's an orientation scheduled for this Friday. And so that's where those um, ideas get developed into the proposals. And so we have members of the community that will be participating in that process. So um, just to highlight here, our committee recommendation for this are $5.5 million this year. So in pilot year one, we had $225,000 for process planning and implementation support. And we're requesting to a little more than double that because we recognize that some of the challenge um, that, that some of the, the lessons that we learned, I we want to call them challenges, um, are that we really need to make sure that we have um, a lot in place to be able to do the outreach and be able to sustain um, that work. And there were some organizations that we reached out to in areas that we really wanted to connect with that because of the timeline and because of um, what we were offering, we're not able to come on board because their staff were over Overwhelmed. And I think we we totally understand, you know, especially in the nonprofit sector, how um, how many how many tasks are um, are given to our very capable nonprofit partners, um, and how often we don't have enough money to hire a new person, and so that gets lumped on top of somebody's existing workload. And we need to be able to have um, enough funding to be able to really have our key partners on board. Um, in addition, we also wanted to increase the funding. Right now, we have five hundred thousand dollars that's available, but some of the ideas that have come in already just and scanning them are, are much more expensive. And they're things that I know this, this body and the, the greater body of the, the mayor and council um, have had conversations about wanting to do. And so we want to make sure that there is, um, you know, there's enough money there to be able to do some of the things that we're already trying to with broad community support. And just reminding you that, you know, part of the, the benefit of participatory budgeting is that you get people involved in, in the issues that we're already talking about so that they have more buy-in, people are better engaged, and they also increase trust in their, their government. And so so this is a great way to be able to achieve some of those goals um, and also reduce some of the pushback that sometimes comes with the how, because people are involved in the how and the what from the beginning. And so we are, that's part of the reason why we are requesting um, the $5.5 million for participatory budgeting. So um, our, the details of what we are hoping the city is going to 
invest in are all in our letter. Um, we also have $800,000 for small business support to be able to address some of the, um, the needs of our smaller businesses, especially when there may be um, vandalism and other you know, updates that are needed to their businesses. But those are the only two areas where we gave concrete dollar amounts this year because we really thought those were two um, key places where we could invest and where our committee wanted to um, throw our weight. So um, I know we had a longer conversation about metrics last time, and we think that's a very important one as well to be able to help us um, to make sure that we are providing evidence-informed recommendations on how we can achieve our city's um, priorities and also setting some priorities up front, which I know our city manager had um, a, a hand in, in um, weighing in on as well as something that would be really helpful to our committee and our duties to be able to support and make recommendations to the, the broader council. So, so can you remind me again on the timeline for the first million dollars? Yes. When you anticipate um, the uh, the grants actually being awarded, when that will be? Thank you. That's a wonderful question, Mayor. Uh, so the voting process is going to take place from August 1st to August 31st. We're really trying to make sure since this is an election year that we don't end up confused with people, um, you know, getting out the vote for the November election. So we're doing that in the August 1st to August 31st timeframe. Um, and there's a possibility of even extending it if we want to get more votes into um, September, especially because we want people, we want our young people to be involved. Um, and we know school will just be starting back in the latter part of that month. Um, we want to make sure that they're able to vote on the projects as well but after august 31st we will be doing the vote tallies and that's when we'll be um we'll be we'll be seeing what was actually voted on and what we will then fund and, and in terms of uh, informal or even formal evaluation after the granting of the awards what what do you think would that be like the fall Yes, I anticipate that we'll probably have our um, evaluation in the fall. I know some of our evaluators have already reached out to members of the Measure U Committee and maybe even members um, of this body to be able to ask questions about what they participated in and that sort of thing. They are following this along throughout the entire um, implementation process of the pilot, so we will have a robust evaluation as well. Okay, so the reason I'm asking, obviously, uh, we all want to know for transparency purposes what the timeline is, but... Also, um, without making promises, because there are no guarantees, what, we've, what we find is that come mid-year, which is, you know, January, February, that's when there's at least the prospect of, um, of, of more one-time money, which we don't have now, right? At least unless we reallocate fundamentally a lot of uh, light items in the budget. And so I do think the timing here potentially works out in that, this is the first time you're developing a whole uh, process. You're engaging the community. And yes, it's not as much money as you would like or that even we would like. But not if, when it's a success and the grants roll out and the evaluation process is public and we see what worked and if there needs to be some improvements, you're then set up, and again, I'm not making promises here because I'm only one vote, as you know, um, but it, you're set up then for a real discussion mid-year when hopefully there's a significant amount of, of one-time money and we can, we can talk about um, what to do with participatory budgeting, with housing, with youth, with um, uh, assistance for small businesses, um, all of the things that we don't have the opportunity probably to do in this budget cycle. So that that's my, that that's sort of my uh, suggested pathway here for 
um, for participatory budgeting. Um, let's hear from my colleagues here. Councilmember Vang. Thanks, Mayor. Um, Dr. Flo, thank you so much for that presentation and just giving us an update on participatory budgeting. I know that our office had an opportunity to work with the ad hoc and measure you members to hold a brainstorming idea at Luther Burbank, and it was a great event. Um, really looking forward to the evaluation process for this, because I know that not just the three colleagues on here, but the full council um, definitely want to see uh, what those benchmarks are. Uh, I'm a big proponent of uh, PB, and I definitely want to make sure that we allocate uh, more dollars, because we know that that $1 million um, does not go very far, right? So definitely here's the Measure U committee on that, but we want to make sure that we get some benchmarks um, and be able to show really just how successful it has been. Um, I'm also thinking, Mayor, you know, as we're doing PB and as I've been watching um, Measure U Committee, I, there are components of activities that I feel like we should be adopting already as the Budget and Audit Committee. The fact that, you know, there's been like 30 events plus or so um, sessions, right, Dr. Flo, on, right, like we don't even have that many sessions just on our budget. And so maybe even thinking about ways that we can adopt certain strategies that we've seen already or learned already from the PB process and, and included um, in our uh, budget and audit, you know, I mean, lessons learned, right? We could learn together as we go, but um, you know, I'm definitely picking up on some things that I'm like, we should all, we should be putting our budget out to the community, not just during these audit meetings, but having more robust community engagement with our budget and audit. So just wanted to, mm -hmm. no, this is what I've been advocating now for a couple of years. It's exactly what I've been saying. See the, 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 the rub, so to speak on participatory budgeting, depending on how it's defined, I said, okay, is the are the elected officials going to have any say in the expenditure of the money? That's the rub. I'm not saying there's not right or wrong, but it's the, it's the point of that we keep discussing. So a million dollars, which is the community is going to plain decide without our, our oversight. If we build an iterative process, there could be many ways to do this. For example, we could say X million for housing and you decide the projects, but we want housing, right? We could do that. There are many ways we could do this. The process, though, that Dr. Kofer and the team uh, and the community is developing absolutely should be applicable to the entire budget in terms of our engagement with the community. That should be a no-brainer in terms of how we do the budget. Um, as long, so long as, right, uh, the, the, the people who are the fiscal stewards of, of the entire city budget ultimately have a say in how the money's decided, but the process is absolutely the direction that we ought to be going here. I, I agree. Thank you. Eric? Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I, I don't agree. I, I don't disagree with that at all. And in fact, we did this uh, three years ago uh, when we went out to the community and did uh, the uh, mock budgeting, or four years ago, mock budgeting and uh, in preparation for Measure U, and I, I, I agree that that's that we have to figure out a better uh, a process with that, uh, along with the with with our standard uh, committee hearing process. Like this, this is the the actual process that we go to making sure the formal process, but the outreach process. I think that's positive. I wanted to go back to the recommendations from the Measure U committee here uh, and some of the input because we had a, an opportunity to have at the George Sim Community Center. Uh, here, uh, uh, a uh, uh, an uh, with our Measure U commissioner, 
a community uh, 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 session to get input on what should be used or how to do participatory budgeting and how should the funds be used. And uh, and I and I would agree that you know for for I think the challenge uh, that we have here uh, is that many of these programs uh, one-time funding um, is limited, right? You know they could be capital type of programming and uh, so it could be physical improvements. Uh, uh, and so maybe it's appropriate this first time around or even the second time around to look at that because then it um, it uh, it allows the public to focus, but it does limit. Uh, you know, when it comes to priorities of the neighborhood. So uh, as we move forward, I think looking at what does a multi-year commitment look like? And if participatory budgeting has a multi-year commitment, then how does that interface with our budget process, right? Our hearing process when we're developing the, the fiscal year budget. So uh, I'd, I'd like to explore kind of how uh, 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 maybe in the future, how a, a non-one-time all allocation would work um, as we move forward. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll focus on, I think, um, the area in your letter that we've seen before, but I think was important was on, on affordable housing or housing affordability, I think I would probably frame it, how, because it included, I think, a conversation that we don't talk often enough, which is um, the, the wage side of the equation. Uh, yes, we need to build and fill the finance gap, and I think we, as we move forward into the mid-year, uh, Mr. Mayor and, and City Manager, I'd like to see how we prioritize again opportunities to uh, fill the gap financing in some of our projects to look at, at some of these innovative approaches that were outlined in um, uh, the latter, such as mortgage assistance and, and uh, rental assistance and in the, in the mid-year budget. Uh, but um, uh, the piece here, uh, just because we're on Friday, I believe we're going to have our last uh, uh, manufacturing training job fair over at the Charles A. Jones Center on the corner of Stockton Boulevard and Lemon Hill, um, we have to focus more on how we get our community members in Glen Elder, in Gardenland, into these high-wage jobs uh, and get them into a place where they, not only are we controlling the, the cost, but also increasing the income to, to meet that housing affordability gap. So I wanted to highlight that and, uh, and thank Dr. Kofer, uh, Chair Kofer, for uh, bringing this uh, issue up, because I, I think we, we sometimes get lost in just the housing trust fund side of the equation and where we need to fill that gap. So we do need to move that forward. So I wanted to thank you, Dr. Kofer, on that. And I think uh, this is a good step forward. And uh, as we develop the budget, I, I think we'll, uh, you know, Mr. City Manager, um, as we go in the next year, I'd like to see also how, how these play into effect. So thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you very much, Councilmember Jennings. Thank you. Um, and thank you, Dr. Kofer, for this incredible presentation. Um, we've talked about participatory budgeting uh, from the Measure U Committee now for a long time. And we, we put a million dollars out there um, you know, as a test to see what we would get. And what we've seen are 383 to 500 ideas that have come from the public, 30 events over a four to six week period of time, $5.5 million in request. And, um, you know, the request for even more deeper staff engagement in order to be able to reach even more people. And so I think we've seen exactly what uh, we wanted to see in this whole process. And so now we're just waiting on the evaluation and, you know, some of the other uh, information that comes from the project in order to really inform the council. And I think the mayor is right. I mean, I think at the mid year, based on our current budget status, I think the mid year will be perfect timing 
because the evaluation should be done by then and all the other information that we've learned from the process will be done. And so that will help us to understand how to make a bigger investment. You know, whether it gets to that, that $5.5 million request that you've asked for or, or some other number, it could get even larger than that. But I, like you said, we can't make any promises or commitments at this point in time. But I think my whole point to you is that you've proved that the process is working and it, it's going to help inform us as we go further in, in further budget discussions. It's help, gonna help us to understand what we need to do, as many of my, my colleagues have already said, in order to hear the voice of the people. So I just wanted to personally thank you and the entire Measure U Committee on the hard work that you've done to inform us something that's very important to the city. Thank you, Dr. Kofer. One uh, final word? Yeah, I just, I really want to thank you all for your time and for hearing us out on this. Um, we thought it was really important for us to give you some preliminary data as we're in, certainly in progress. Um, one of the things that, that came up before, you know, in our conversation with the full council was um, this, you know, idea of how do we, how do we tie this in with the priorities? And so I think as the council is thinking about its priorities for the year, just reminding you that there are other places that have implemented PV with a, with a narrower focus. We let the world be our oyster this time, right? Um, and so we are accepting ideas on a range of issues. But if there is something that the city is already wanting to focus on, um, that there is a way to be able to do that. And, and because we would like to be able to have some continuity, one of the key questions we're getting from the community is, will we be doing this again? And so we want to be able to take advantage as people are voting, as people are getting engaged, that we don't have this fits and starts you know, kind of thing where we get them engaged and then we lose all our infrastructure and then we have to build it again. So so it would be helpful if um, even if you're not able to commit to the to the full amount um, that you know some of especially that that um, process that preparation and process dollars could be expended so that we could continue on with the process of um, bringing in our community partners and thinking about how we do this even if it's just for the rest the entire budget and there's not necessarily a set aside but we want participatory budgeting to be something that's part of our our city and that that doesn't kind of go away because there's not you know a focus on it so um, I think on, on behalf of our committee, that, that would be our ask is that, you know, we find a way to be able to make sure that there's some continuity. So we're not ending this and then kind of having to restart it again, um, because there, there is a way that, that sometimes we can lose momentum there. The other thing I would um, strongly encourage the body to, to tell us is, you know, how, we're going to be moving into the voting process. And, you know, by my estimation, the idea generation is certainly important, um, but there's a, a subset of the community that's going to have, you know, specific ideas. But we want everybody to be a part of the voting process. And so I'm um, really thinking through with us how those of you um, whose, whose districts you know, overlap with um, our PB uh, districts, how you could engage with us on the outreach for the voting process. Um, if there are metrics you want us to be thinking about in terms of how many votes we want to get in. Um, and we would love to be able to have your input and participation and partnership on that. Okay. We, um... I hope you know, you know, we're excited about this. We really are. It, it's, um, this is a, I think, important part of the evolution of our city. And, you know, the key word is participatory. We want more people to participate. And so what, you, what you're doing here is really important. We have to match it with the resources. We have to, you know, we have to demonstrate um, success. Um, and again, I think we need to continue to build trust uh, between 
the community and, and community leadership at all levels. Um, so this becomes, um, I use the word iterative, but that's really what I believe. And part, and that it's a real partnership between the city uh, and the community. And so um, I'd love to participate myself in some way, if that's appropriate, but maybe it isn't because maybe you don't want the mayor, the city council member, you know, sort of touching any of this until the recommendations are, are made. Either way is okay. I just, I, I just am excited about what it is you're doing. Okay. No, we, we welcome your participation um, in the process as long as nobody is, is you know, jockeying for particular <laughs> projects. We, <I> only... <laughs> we welcome um, your participation, helping us to get the word out and helping to build some excitement um, and, you know, and just energy around this okay. and publicity. Well, well, maybe that's how we can be of yes. some help here is in terms of getting the word out, right? Mm -hmm. um, I have no particular project except all the projects that the community and the council members want. So that's, that's me. Um, all right, you guys, thank you, Dr. Thank Kofer. You. Okay, excellent. Now let's move on to uh, Mr. Mayor, the recommendation. Mr. Mayor, I do have two hands raised to make public comment. Oh, on this we item. do, I'm sorry, public testimony, go, go. The first is phone number 4366, Mr. Davis. Yes, this is Lambert. At any time that I hear Measure U, as a person who attended many meetings regarding Measure U, and I, and I mainly went to ones where Mayor Steinberg was uh, presenting it, uh, at no time during those meetings and the meetings I've attended recently for PBID, I'll call them PBIDs, did I ever hear or read anything about trust. I don't think trust should be even mentioned on paperwork because of the history of of uh, what has happened down there. I don't think trust it should be a factor. I've submitted paperwork. I never saw trust anywhere on my paperwork. But now they're asking us to trust people who don't have a, a good record of integrity. So since it's passed, my understanding is that Measure U, at least on my taxes, we're, we're taxed every year, Measure U. So it shouldn't be a one-time funding unless you cancel Measure U after this year, which I, don't, which I hope you don't do. I think that was a great visionary move by the mayor and by the people of Sacramento who voted that into law. I think what should happen is you should listen to those uh, people who are actually have the ideas. I've been to five different PBIDs in District 2, and I've heard some great ideas. And I hope they put them in writing and submit them. But once they submit them, the, the phrase uh, trust should be built. That shouldn't even be a factor because it should be on the merit. That's why I'm for metrics, performance metrics. Thank you for your comments. And your I'm, time is complete. Will you make your final comment, please? That's it. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Barry Boyd. Mr. Boyd. Thank you. Thank you. Mindy, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. Uh, um, 
Uh, sorry about that. I guess I hit the wrong number to start with. But with that, uh, um, good afternoon, everyone. And let me first start with um, the mayor and his uh, want to participate, which would be and uh, will be fantastic. May I caution uh, that the mayor's office and any council member um, participation in this process that is ongoing be no more than in the engagement side of promoting engagement as the mayor stated with his own words to participate. Uh, anything outside of that, I feel would maybe in the minds of some alter the thought process and outcomes for anyone, uh, again, in some, some uh, individual's opinion. So in uh, outside of promoting to engage with this process, I would caution of doing that in regards to the mayor's office and city council members. To that, as um, Dr. Uh, Kofor had stated, or excuse me, uh, council member Vang had stated that um, she believed that there has been about 30 meetings so far. And in those meetings are ad hoc committee meetings and subcommittee meetings to which I want to make, um, again, my feelings thought or uh, heard, excuse me, in the request that was done in the PP and E meeting, uh, PP and E commission meeting last week, that the mayor's office has requested that ad hoc committees be removed from boards and commissions, to which was just stated they are well needed as they are in the planning and design and um, any other board and commission. So I just wanted to make sure that we maintain those ad hoc committee meetings. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Mary, I have no more speakers. Very good, thank you all. Um, so I, I just would like to respond to Mr. Davis's comment. Um, and, and Mr. Boyd, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, no, when I was, you know, it's just my own little urgency or just my own excitement. I, I would not wanna tilt the scale in any way. Um, uh, in terms of participation, I, I think it's exactly right. Maybe just help with the engage with the uh, outreach piece and advertise what Dr. Kofer and um, and the leadership are doing here, and that would be fun. I do want to talk about this Measure U because it comes up a lot. We now have an updated spreadsheet, um, Mr. Davis. Um, the people of Sacramento should rightfully ask the question. How much money has been invested by the city in the categories of inclusive economic development, youth, uh, and neighborhoods since the passage of the second half of Measure U in November of 2018? And we have an updated number because remember, Measure U is the general fund. And so I simply asked the question if you take the baseline of funding prior to November of 2018 in these categories, and then you ask how much money from the general fund and Measure U is going into those same categories. Uh, what's the number? And the number is $170 million. It's $170 million. And it's documented um, in one of your staff reports. And I want to thank the staff for uh, putting that together. I think it's really important. That does not include CARES funding or ARP funding. So if you, if you say it's since November of 2018, we're now coming on four years, and the second half of Measure U is about $65 million a year, $170 million 
to say that most of that second half would be spent on the community. We've lived up to that promise and are going to continue to live up to that promise because that was the point. It's not perfect because it's the general fund and it gets mixed together with the core service question and the needs there. And we balance things out the very best we can. But in terms of the trend, $170 million, check it out. Um, it's in your staff report. It actually reads 260, but then you subtract out the ARP money and you get 170 million. So that's the answer to your question, Mr. Davis. It's actually making a difference. We just have to continue it. All right, let's move on to the next item, please. The budget. Mr. Mayor, I'm gonna kick this off and turn it yes. over to Emily Combs, our finance director. Uh, so what we're gonna be presenting you today here is a recap of the um, budget presentations over at the council uh, and, you know, asking for your feedback and in some cases direction on how to move forward and what we should be taking back to the full council for consideration on June 14th. Uh, and so with that, I'm going to turn it over to Emily. Thank you so much. I'll go ahead and start sharing the presentation. All right. Can everybody see it? All right. Okay, great. So good afternoon. Yeah, we, we can see that one. We're good. Thank you. I can't see heads um, with the notes up. Thank you. So good afternoon, Mayor, Committee, and staff members. I'm Emily Combs, your Finance Director, and today we'll be covering the fiscal year 22-23 budget, as well as reviewing recommended changes to the budget since it was released on April 25th. At the conclusion of the presentation, I'll be requesting that the committee pass a motion forwarding the budget to Council for final adoption which is scheduled to take place on June 14th. So over the past month, we've presented an overview of the budget, both operating and capital to the committee and council. We've also covered changes needed to correct the budget based on timing and some technical corrections. So based on our review, we're recommending the changes you see here on this slide. So in the general fund, Council's adoption of the storm drainage property fee in April is expected to generate about 2.2 million in additional revenue. This is offset by an increase in anticipated expenses for the stirrup program to cover the storm drainage property fee as well as the solid waste fee increase. Under utilities, also related to storm drainage property fee addition, we're recommending a net increase of $16.6 million in revenue to support the storm drainage capital program, as well as transfers of expenses from existing utility funds to support the program. We're also recommending some net zero adjustments related to some of our property and business improvement districts, or our PBIDs, and a small adjustment in water fund to help support the water forum. So related to a couple of organizational changes then recently, we're also recommending moving to violence prevention multi-year operating projects or MIOPS to the police department. So we're also recommending some changes to the budget resolution. Based on feedback from council at the May 17th budget hearing, we've modified section 1.12 of the resolution to end measure U realignment activities at the end of fiscal year 22-23. We've also included a new section to allow the use of year-end surplus for two riverfront project grants that the Office of Innovation and Economic Development applied for. The year-end surplus would be used as the city's required match. 
And finally, since it's anticipated that the fourth R program will have sufficient funds to cover any possible deficits, we're recommending that language related to providing general fund resources to cover shortfalls caused by the COVID-19 pandemic uh, be deleted from the resolution. So during the hearings, we received 17 questions. Yeah, Emily, so can you, sorry, my apologies. Can you go back to that on the fourth R question? Sure. Yes, um, and uh, maybe maybe you just cut out here, but uh, please ex uh, uh, explain to me again the uh, removal of the of the uh, the language. Sure. And if there's somebody out there that can chime in too, um, my understanding is that this resolution section was incorporated during um, the pandemic to backfill any deficit for the fourth R program to keep it um, running. And since the program no longer is anticipating um, a deficit that their available fund count balance can't cover, this this section is no longer required or relevant. Okay, very good. Maybe after the presentation, if somebody can just uh, confirm if it's because of uh, uh, the number of enrollees or uh, and just how we, I just want to make sure that we're, we're hitting that target right on fourth R. That's all. Thank you. Sounds, sounds good. So um, during the hearings, we received 17 questions or requests for information. Some responses or status updates have been provided as part of the supplemental material included in your agenda packet. Any remaining items will be added to the council follow-up log following budget adoption. So as part of that supplemental material, we received a couple requested budget changes from council during those hearings. So what you see on this slide are those funding requests. These items have not been included in our forecast yet since we're seeking direction from the committee today um, as a city manager discussed earlier on next steps. So those items include one-time funding of 425,000 for some open space improvements, 16,000 in one-time funding for soccer goal improvements at Mayfong Park, and finally 250,000 in ongoing funding to restore the annual allocation of 1 million for the fare free transit for use program. The 1 million allocation was previously approved by council, but was but was reduced during the pandemic due to a decrease in ridership. We anticipate youth ridership to increase, which is why as part of this report, you'll see we've included an al alternative forecast with this ongoing funding. We've updated the general measure youth fund forecast based on the changes we've recommended as part of this report. But again, this forecast does not include those requested items on the previous slide brought up for consideration by council during the hearings and that are included as part of that supplemental material. Once we receive formal direction from the committee, we'll incorporate any changes into our forecast. So this revised general measure use fund forecast includes our updated revenues and expenditures. If you were to compare this to what was presented as part of the proposed budget, you'll see a slightly healthier forecast, meaning our ending available fund balance is improved over the proposed forecast. And this is largely due to the incorporation of that storm drainage property fee revenue. And as I mentioned earlier, we've included, this is that alternative forecast that does include the 250,000 ongoing for the fare free transit for youth program. And you can see the impact there on the ending fund balance and the allocation there as a second line to the bottom. So we've included a forecast for the new storm drainage property fee fund. I do wanna point out that the adoption of the storm drainage property fee did affect other funds such as solid waste, storm drainage, 
uh, water and wastewater funds as a fee can now cover certain operating expenses and projects in those other funds. So those revised fund forecasts have been included as part of the staff report. So finally, a budget adoption is scheduled for June 14th. And as with any fiscal year, we'll continue to keep the committee and council updated on any major changes. I would like to just take a moment to thank the committee, council, uh, city manager, executive staff, and all the staff that worked so hard to pull this budget together. It's a massive team effort, and I'm incredibly appreciative of the level of commitment from all over the city. And of course, I'd like to thank the small but fierce uh, budget team and the budget manager, Marsalis Antizo, for all their blood, sweat, time, and tears in pulling this all together. So with that, um, myself, department, and budget staff would be happy to take any questions as well as direction for those budget requests brought forward by council during the budget hearings. So um, first of all, I just want to say uh, thank you uh, to you and uh, Emily and your team for uh, excellent work. As I've said a number of times, um, you know, it's easy for people to look at the top lines and, and even policymakers to sort of consider the big decisions, but there are untold numbers of hours that go into the development of a, of a billion dollar plus budget for a big city. And uh, just want to thank you and your team. Terrific. I, I got just a couple of things that I want to touch on. One is on the climate issue. Um, I know I've had conversations here with a good co constructive conversation with the city manager. And I want to, if I can, report to uh, the public and people who have been working on this that um, the city manager, and he can speak for himself, but um, is agreed, um, in fact, is already moving to uh, increase the uh, amount of funding for contracts so that we can get the climate action plan done much, much sooner. Um, in fact, we expect a, a, a complete draft by July the 1st, as I understand it, and these additional resources are going to allow us to move up the um, uh, the, the date of that important work um, appreciably. And I want to thank the community as well and the advocates for pushing hard. That's your job, and it's right on. Um, and climate is our, uh, must be our priority, among many other priorities, but it's, it's sort of existential, and the Climate Action Plan is the centerpiece here. And so uh, I, I just want to say thank you to the city manager um, uh, for uh, getting right on that and uh, helping us out. Do you want to make any comment on that, Howard? No, just to reiterate, we have uh, a consultant on contract now to get the work done that we discussed and was directed to by the council. And we anticipate to have a first draft by July 1st, uh, by July 1 for the public to review. So we're, we're on our way. I know Councilmember Geddes is going to speak to the projects in District 6, but I, I just want to put in a pitch here as we get down to the final moments here. Let's find the resources to do the full transit, you know, free transit for the kids. I mean, that's that's become now, I think, a, a key piece of our uh, youth budget. And uh, we got a $250,000 gap. I'd sure love to find a way to make that happen, please. You know, uh, Emily, would you mind putting up that slide just so that the the mayor and the budget audit committee members can see uh, the ones that we need uh, direction on to include with our proposed budget back to the full council. Thank you. Let's put that up there because I may be leaving out three or four things. 
Yeah, give me a second. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. All right, there we go. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Councilmember Geta. Um, I know I have some comments and questions, and I get all my colleagues here. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should ask Eric before you go. Do we have public testimony? Yes, Mary. Have three hands raised to make public testimony. Why, why don't we hear from the public first, okay? And then I know I kind of jumped the gun. Sorry, but uh, go ahead. The first speaker is Kate Wilkins. Hello, uh, Budget Committee. Um, uh, this is Kate Wilkins with 350 Sacramento. I sent or forwarded on behalf of 350 Sacramento a letter, a letter to all of you this morning, um, reiterating our ask for more uh, money for uh, staff for accelerating climate action. So um, obviously we are happy to hear that there is a date for the climate action plan um, I know it had previously been said it would be released in summer 2022, so this is great that we can have a date to look forward to in summer. Um, I do obviously continue to push the council to make, uh, you know, provide more permanent staffing or make sure that we have the, re the city has the resources available to act on all the uh, amazing recommendations that will be in the climate action plan and measures once it is finalized and goes through public comment and review. Um, so I'd say at this time, I'll probably keep my comment to that. So thanks to the mayor and thanks to um, Councilmember Guerra for bringing this up and the comments from the city manager. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Next speaker is Nancy McKeever. Thank you. Um, uh, I, my name is Nancy McKeever and I'm in District 7. Um, uh, you know, it is great news. I was really happy to hear that we can expect the Climate Action Plan by July 1. That's wonderful. I am hoping also that the uh, current budget that's in front of you will include two full-time uh, dedicated staff for the climate office. Right now they have two. They need desperately need two more at minimum. And also to be sure that there is money in the budget set aside so that the staff can successfully compete for match funding that's available out there from both the state and the federal government to make our tax dollars go further toward climate issues. Um, just you know, in my experience, I have found that so many of the things that get funded under the name of climate action are also affordable housing. For example, shade trees. The shade tree program is not happening at the city as I understand it, but shade trees reduce the cost of air conditioning and very often for lower income homes. If those trees can be put in the right place in 10 years, they can be very productive too affordable housing, keeping people in their homes and healthy on hot days, things like that. I ask you that when you look and you listen to your climate people and their programs, think about how it contributes to livability in the city of Sacramento and uh, reducing air pollution and helping people that have asthma and heat stroke and all these things. It really is what years ago used to be called the double or triple bottom line. These dollars go 
for multiple benefits and to always look for that in the budget and be generous because these are important programs. So again, thank you for telling us when we can expect the climate action plan and please add staff to the climate office and match funding uh, for grants in the future. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Gail Saba. Good afternoon, Mayor and um, Budget Committee members, um, as well as um, uh, everybody else. I wanted to uh, reiterate my um, strong ask that you help us by expediting the uh, um, increasing climate funding by getting more staff, just like Kate said, um, and also uh, look at the ideas that um, our group sent we met with Nicole Cuellar uh, about ways that we can generate funds, which some of them have already been achieved. For example, the one in uh, Portland, Oregon, um, it generates 54 to $71 million in new annual revenue per year. And it's based on uh, um, a business license surcharge on businesses that make over 500000 and, and for those that make a, a billion, uh, for example, companies that uh, are national. Um, this is something that if we had a team of uh, dedicated folks that could just work on finding funding, they could take a look at this and really come up with ideas. Um, there are other ideas that are already being done in the country, um, as well as um, the public bank issue. We're going to have a speaker come and speak mid-June. And we hope that um, some of you may be willing to join us with the Sacramento Climate Coalition or our meeting. Um, other ideas, uh, which you could do today, actually uh, taking 1% or half a percent of the, what's already on your budget and, and um, putting that towards climate action. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Jason Prado. Uh, hi, Mayor. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jason Prado. Um, I'm a landscape designer for Mirate. We're a local uh, landscape architecture and construction office um, that have been working on the Oki Park open space uh, project for almost a year now. Um, we have tremendous support. We've held three community events and I'm just here to kind of share that with you and also just encourage uh, the funding of the improvements there for the irrigation and electrical specifically. Um, I know these are kind of small things to do for, for the lot right now, but I think it'll be a great catalyst for the greater goals of the project, um, which specifically focus on the assistance of impacted communities. Um, so we're thinking formerly incarcerated folks, immigrants, um, at-risk at youth. Um, so a major feature of the park design includes the restoration of native California grasslands. It also includes an urban farm. The urban farm specifically um, is going to be operated by NorCal Resist, a local nonprofit that focuses on helping immigrant communities. Um, we envision both of these pieces, the farm and the grassland, to support the local neighborhood with organic produce, but also provide training for impacted communities and act as an educational hub for the local schools. Um, and one last thing to comment, one of our last events uh, included working with the UC Davis Center for Community and Citizen Science uh, to have the space uh, partake in a BioBlitz day, which has the local community kind of document the diversity of species there on site. 
Um, so there was a huge amount of support for that and the other events. And we hope that this funding kind of will get us started and, um, and complement um, what we're seeking out from the state funding as well uh, for the next phases of the project. Um, that's all, thank you. Mr. Mayor, I have no more speakers. Okay, thank you. Now let me turn it back then to my colleagues. Uh, thank you to the public. Uh, Council Member Mayor Pertem Geta. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, you know, first I, I want to thank our, our city staff for, again, this is, it's a, it's a very difficult uh, budget given the complexity of our city. You know, I, 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 we've grown so much. We're over half a million. Uh, uh, we're a full service city that has a fire department that has a pretty significantly large parks department, uh, also as well as a police department on top of sewer water, you know, and uh, our solid waste. So there, and at the same time, we attempt to uh, ad address many of, uh, of the, the issues that are, are not traditional uh, uh, you know, city responsibilities. So to be able to put a budget together like that takes a lot of work. So thank you to our, our city staff for being able to uh, meet the challenge of, of, uh, of, a, of a great city. Um, and, uh, and so first, I, I want to say that I, I appreciate and support uh, 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 by and large, the, where we are in this budget. And so just some things to fine tune here. Uh, one, uh, on the climate side, I want to thank the city manager for, uh, you know, uh, addressing the issue of the positions. I also hope that uh, the uh, positions also include, um, you know, uh, uh, or, or a focus on the uh, economic development side of, uh, of climate change. So the, the, the efforts like the California Mobility Center for us to increase the number of electric vehicles, zero emission um, uh, products uh, and zero, miss, zero emission research. I know the Air District is working on this now and now the Sewer uh, Sanitation District is also looking at, at this and how we look at um, methods to reduce our, our, uh, our emissions locally. So I, I would hope that as we look through this, Mr. Uh, Mr. City Manager, that that, the, that not only do we have the staff support to address our climate effort, but that at least one of the FTEs or one of the folks, the focus is also on the economic development side, because I do believe that there's an export opportunity for us if we, um, uh, we, can, uh, we can capture on this as other cities are starting to move in that direction. I'll mention the city of Lancaster, who is, is manufacturing electric buses, um, you know, and uh, I think we can, we could be providing jobs, manufacturing jobs, and also being able to meet our, uh, our climate challenge at the same time. I think they're co-equal parts. So speaking to co-equal parts, um, you know, uh, I'm gonna make a motion to move this item to the city council, Mr. Mayor and city manager. Uh, but in that also the 250K for ongoing funding for uh, free uh, transit, if we want our young people to think about not driving a vehicle or even, Calling an Uber per se, uh, you know, or whatnot. I think we got to, we have to start early and getting our youth to be comfortable and um, with using uh, public transit and mass transit and other multimodal options. So uh, I think finding a way to uh, adjust the budget to, to meet, meet this helps us meet our climate goal as well. So I think there are parts in that. So uh, um, I'd like to make sure we figure out where, how we can. Um, um, you know, uh, squeeze a little bit more out of this, uh, what does it say, turn up. Uh, we've done a lot here to, uh, to be able to get this, but to, to make sure that we can 
uh, make that ongoing challenge. I think it'll help us in the long run if we start looking at that piece. Uh, but that and and I I understand that this will be an ongoing expense. So that's one important thing that we need to consider. Um, now on the on the uh, CIP side, uh, I think which is going to come up next, but uh, it was listed here as well, uh, Mr. City Manager. Um, the four hundred twenty-five thousand one-time expenditure uh, for capital improvement uh, for Oki Park, that open space there. Uh, this is a I think a opportunity for us to look at a space that the city has, which has consistently had fires because of the grass. We'd have to manage the grass. Uh, it's underneath the power lines. Uh, it has been a difficult uh, responsibility for the city and the community. I think that if there's a, that, that I would uh, uh, ask the, the city manager to provide direction on some of the, there are some projects also in district six that are not in uh, ready in this queue in this time cycle to, to be executed. Um, you know, I know we've got more work to do understanding the water uh, table over at the uh, Granite Regional Park. So some of those improvements have to be uh, delayed or moved around. So but as this comes to council, Mr. City Manager, I'd like to figure out if, if there's a way to look at the schedule on which projects are ready to go and how maybe we can uh, switch out those projects uh, so that we have the one-time capital improvement dollars to get Oki Park off the ground. And I think, you know, by allowing us to do this one-time money uh, and then allowing these nonprofits to take over and manage that facility, we can make a, a significant improvement. The other thing on the climate side with this is uh, what wasn't mentioned by the callers is that the uh, carbon capture is a significant part of this project. So uh, the the urban farm and the, uh, uh, the approach by uh, both UC Davis and uh, and uh, the uh, Next Gen and Miraday and NorCal Resist is to look at uh, how this urban farm also addresses our climate aspect along with the workforce development aspect. There's a huge workforce development at this aspect in this. So I'd like to see how, one, we can move some projects to, to, to get to this 425K. And then if there's a gap left that we find the, the gap um, to, uh, to get that one-time money, uh, uh, Mr. City Manager. Uh, and then finally, the 16,000 one-time expenditure on the soccer goals. I, I feel like that this is a park that, that needs to be completed. Uh, it's a small number. Uh, I, I think we should move forward on it. It's not that big of a number. Uh, and you know the, the, it's, a, uh, it's a, not a, a regional. Uh, the, the soccer facility there is, is for people walking to there. It's for local pickup games. It's not a league play. I think it's a minor expenditure that we can do, use. So let me make that motion to approve the budget, Mr. Mayor, with the direction for the city manager to look at maybe readjusting some of the capital outlay projects within District 6 uh, and then figuring out and then seeing where the gap is still to uh, do the uh, electrical and, and one-time capital expenditures there um, uh, on the budget. Uh, I'll leave it there, Mr. Mayor. Okay, thank you, Councilman Guetta. Councilmember Bang. Thanks, Mayor. I just have a few comments and just questions just regarding the presentation. I wanted to first uh, thank Emily. Thank you so much for the updated presentation of budget and just want to take this moment to center all our city staff in the finance department uh, for putting this, this budget together. Um, I also want to say thank you to all the residents who called in regarding the urgency of ensuring that we staff up um, to ensure that we can actually execute our climate action uh, plan and really encouraged to hear from the mayor and also our city manager, um, their commitment to ensuring that we do expand our staff so that we can um, execute the 
um, climate action plan. So just wanted to thank the city manager as well for, for his commitment. Um, I had a question regarding the Sura program in particular. Um, Emily, because I know on the water committee, um, you know, we've had had conversations. I know this is the budget audit, but um, that there was a gap, um, uh, expenditure gap that we would have to fill. I wanted to make sure that we address that. Is that, and maybe I think Bill is on, is that 1 million? I'm assuming, is that the increase that we are filling in to ensure that we can cover the SERA program? Because I know this program is really near and dear to my heart and really helps many of our low-income families in the city of Sacramento. So I just wanted to double check on those numbers and is that one million that gap? I believe it is, but let's see if, um, if Bill's around, if maybe he can just confirm that. Okay. Is Bill on? If not, I can ask again <laughs> during the full council, but I, I just wanted to make sure that was it, or is there more in particular in terms of that gap, so. I don't. If I may, Lainey Milson, Assistant City Manager, I know the additional million was to fill in some gaps on okay. the solid waste side, where okay. they had done some estimates for their initial rate increase, and there wasn't enough in the SURA program, as well okay. as the new um, amount that folks will be eligible for related to the drainage program. So I believe that it completely fills the gap, and we okay. will confirm that with you offline. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Lainey. Really, really, really appreciate that. Um, definitely, I know I've been keeping my eyes on the server program in particular, making sure that we continue to invest in that because, I mean, we're in a pandemic and many of our low-income families are on that program. So thank you so much for, for making that commitment, city manager, to ensure that we that we um, continue to invest in that program. Um, I, I did have a question. Um, eventually, I can't say I'm a new council member anymore because in November, we'll have a new council, but um, wanted to ask the question regarding the 250K ongoing, um, the free transit. Um, my understanding back in 2018, 2019, I think that was when Councilmember Chenier was pushed, because I'm on the RT board, that we allocated a million dollars. Was that our commitment from the city and that we made that correct. commitment that we would try to do that annually? Correct. That's correct. And can I ask, since that first round in 2018, 2019, have we done 1 million annually? We've reimbursed, well, I'll let Emily chime in uh, because I know just enough to be dangerous. Okay, uh, but, okay. But I believe that we've uh, we've allocated uh, a sufficient funding to meet the need. And so they the ridership had not uh, matched up with a million dollars necessarily. And so we reduced it to meet the demand. And so can I ask the 250 ongoing, is that, do we put, is that number particular to meet the current demand, the RT thing that they need? Well, I, I think I think it'll also be uh, up to a million dollars, and they'd have to draw down on it based on ridership. Okay. But, but we'll make it available to them. Okay, I see. Yeah, I mean, this is one of a, a really great, I think, partnership and program. Councilman Bergera mentioned this as well. I mean, and, and at our last council meeting, Councilman Bergera did mention this. I'm not on the RT board, so I didn't see all the numbers, but that ridership has been up among our young people, right? And um, I, I actually, some, something like this in terms of just, free transit for kids is something easy that we can do. I mean, it eliminates eliminate barriers um, for many of our students who are trying to get to school, who are trying to get to jobs. Um, and it also changes their behavior. So we're creating a new generation of ridership and it's so important. So um, we'll love to see if we can get to that 1 million, but just wanted to understand the 250 and the need um, from RT and what that number actually is from the city of Sacramento. I, uh, so I think to put a finer point on it, it's that uh, we've not run out of funding. We've run out of demand for the funding. Okay. And so we're trying to uh, increase that 750 to a million dollars for them to draw down upon. Okay, got it. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Howard. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I think that's it. 
uh, those are the only questions that I have for this moment. Thank you. And All can right. I ask a clarifying question? Yeah, go ahead. Howard, just uh, I heard you say we've lost the demand and that demand, losing that demand is as a result of COVID. Is that correct? I, I don't know what it is, but we, we can speculate that it is COVID that uh, decreased the ridership. But again, if we if we have sufficient demand to draw down to the uh, we will be making a, um, a recommendation to the full council to bump that back up to the original $1 million. They were not able to pull down the full million, probably because of the pandemic. I don't, I don't see it as being a problem. We will absolutely address that with the full council. And if we were to go back in history, and maybe you can present, present this on the 14th, if we were to go back and take a look at the previous years uh, before COVID, before the pandemic, and see what the drawdown was compared to where it is now, it, it would stand to reason that the reason they haven't been able to draw down is because of the pandemic. It's highly likely, absolutely. Yeah. So that might be information we want to present just so that all the colleagues can be on the same page as to why we want to make sure that this happens. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good investment. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Okay. Mr. City, Mr. Mayor. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I forgot to ask some questions. I'm not changing my motion here, but I, I did forget to ask some questions of our staff here. Um, uh, my apologies, but it was related to the issue of uh, fire overtime. And uh, and I bring that up because I was at Station 10 um, a, a bit a few days ago. Oh, God, must, the days are, are blurring now. But um, the concern, you know, I, I was talking to some of the uh, uh, firefighters who had come off a uh, uh, an additional mandatory shift. And uh, I know that there had been a request to add four FTE positions so that there would be less uh, overtime. I think it was in the PIO, a mental health, uh, EVOC coordinator, and uh, and I can't remember the third one, but um, uh, the fourth one. But I, I uh, it just, it, it reminded me about the concern about the, the the overtime issue that's happening and, and because of their requirement they have to go and do an extra day that we're pulling people into an extra day of, of mandatory overtime so I, I I'm concerned about the stress on both the um, the firefighters but second the cost of overtime and that balance whether we budget an F, uh, FTE uh, and I, I if I recall it was somewhere around 1.2 million that would have been additional for um, for staff Versus what's it costing us for overtime? So can, can, can you guys discuss that? And then, yeah, and, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's something that I've been talking with um, uh, Ryan Henry from Local 522. And my commitment to him was to get, uh, it was five FTEs actually, to get back on the field. And what, what happened was those uh, FTEs were pulled into the administrative office. We're going to put those back on the field to address the very things you talked about. There are also some strategies we're working on to reduce overtime that, you know, the, the number, I can't remember the number he put out there. Uh, that that overtime included uh, overtime that was related to deployments. And so those are um, kind of self-inflicted overtime. And so we're trying to limit those types of um, overtime opportunities that would uh, necessitate mandatory overtimes here at home. It's a fine balance because we do want to provide support to our neighboring agencies. And, and God forbid there's a, a larger issue that, that needs help uh, across the country. But we want to get a better handle on that so we know what our actual overtime is and how to address it. But uh, we will be bringing back uh, to the full council on the 14th, uh, you know, a budget that includes putting five FTEs back out into the field to help with all the things you just described. 
Whether that includes vaccines or not remains to be seen. We're still working through that right now. You know, that, that brings up uh, I, I want two issues. One, I think, again, on, on, on the issue of EVOC, we, we saw that our, one of our rising costs in this budget is insurance. So, um, I want, you know, and not just in the, our fire and police department, but in our other departments that are driving vehicles. So, I, you know, if, if, uh, if the staff personnel to help us at least manage and, and reduce our liability is going to be helpful, I just think about the long-term reduction in our, in our uh, expenditures. So, and then the Could second piece, yeah. Could not agree more. Yeah. Uh, the second piece I'll, I'll bring up is uh, maybe this is uh, uh, for, um, uh, you know, Consuela Hernandez and our advocacy team. Um, you know, part of why we're being deployed is the, the state not having enough at, in their CAL FIRE team, you know, and so that's, that's an added cost on us and in uh, our mutual aid response as well. So, is there is there uh, uh, something? I don't know what efforts there are, but I, I do believe that maybe this is where the city can voice its uh, position on that impact because it's, it's impacting us if our teams are being deployed for mutual aid, um, and and the state isn't uh, uh, increasing its staffing at, at Cal Fire. That that seems to be a, an additional cost on us. So mm -hmm. maybe that's more more for Consuelo on the advocacy side. Yeah, we'll follow up. Thank you. So we're going to talk more about the fire issues uh, in the weeks ahead. There's obviously a lot that's happening, right? Uh, the contract negotiations, the single role discussions, the position issues, and the overtime issues, and they all meld together. And I know you're committed, Mr. City Manager, as we are all are to um, reduce the amount of overtime um, <laughs> that's best that's good for the city. It's also good for the firefighters uh, to uh, the wear and tear and, and, and the toll and uh, look forward to those discussions uh, and landing this in a, in a very positive way for our city and for our fire service and for the men and women who work for us and with us. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, members uh, let's call the roll. Mr. Mayor, you, will you reiterate Mayor, who made the second? I'll take, I'll, I'll second uh, Councilmember Guerra's motion to move this to the full body on the, for the July 14th meeting. Okay. Thank Call you, the roll then, please. So that will move forward to the um, June uh, 14th June meeting, 4th. I believe. Thank 14th, you. Thank you. Councilmember Guerra? Aye. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Councilmember Vang? Yes. And Mayor Steinberg? Yes. All right. We'll move to the council. Thank you. Um, is there anything else to come before the budget and audit committee? If not, we are adjourned. We'll see you at five o'clock. <laughs>